This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio show on Community Radio 3CR. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, what a little show about bicycling and cycling and related transport issues coming to you from 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. On today's show, I've got two interviews coming up. Uh, first up, I've got, um, I did an interview with... Lachlan Cook and he's from the Collingwood Children's Farm and coming up this weekend is a Ride to Farm Day and this is where we have a have a staging post just near the uh, Fairfield uh, Polytechnic and people ride to the farm and why do you think this is important? Well if you've ever been to a farm um, a farmer's market at, uh, at the convent you know it gets pretty chockers with cars and the uh, farmer exploring ways that you can uh, Get to the farm in different ways, either walking or cycling. Second interview I have today is a catch up with uh, someone who's been on the show a couple of times, David Blom, and he's from the Melbourne Metro East Bicycle User Group. And we've got heaps of news about what's happening in uh, southeast Melbourne and a whole bunch of updates to do with trails out there and uh, making southeast Melbourne suburbs kind of less of a wilderness for cyclists and more of like a, a joined up area where you can get from A to B or, or points in between. Well, there's a lot of news around and the thing that kind of like uh, got me this morning is I'm kind of, you know, uh, scraping myself together to come into 3CR. Um, the Greens have put out a uh, big s- announcement about a bicycle super lane stretching 17 kilometres from Elstonwick Station to Bell Street Coburg as a centrepiece of the um, a Melbourne bicycle network that they want to allocate $250 million for. Now, this is something that we've gone on about a lot on the show over the years is a lack of joined-up thinking, and it seems like the Greens seem to be the only party at the moment who look at things from a rational perspective when it comes to cycling instead of something that's uh, pushed off to a side or tightly ignored seems to be the case of most things. So what they're pitching for is a multi-lane separated bicycle route which would run uh, along St Kilda Road, Royal Parade, Sydney Road and to inner city cycling communities with seats. Yes, well, Albert Park, Brunswick, Northgate, as we all know, these sort of things are marginal. Well, Northgate went to the Greens and... uh, well, the, uh, the elephant in the room at the moment is November the 24th. We have quite a few shows in the last few months where this has uh, come up about the state election and who's promising what, and there's, it's been pretty scarce so far for cyclists, so I can say that. Also on the weekend, the uh, Extend Upfield Bike Path to Upfield uh, campaign uh, had their ride, and they went. Um, this was in conjunction with the Upfield Transport Alliance, and they had over 100 people attended their first rally at Upfield. So basically, what they want is time for a two-track solution: duplicate the Upfield uh, line to you know Gary Upfield, and get the bike path 
extended as well. John from that uh, campaign has been on the show the last few months. Uh, Faith and Val interviewed him a little while back. John, who many people would know around Brunswick, Faulkner, Coburg, is an absolute dynamo when it comes to getting this stuff going. And he's given a really good report on Upfield Bike Path. That's all one word, wordpress.com, or you can go to the Facebook page and look it up. But, yeah, it's trying to get a better deal for people who simply just want to ride, ride for transport, ride from A to B, who may not live in the inner suburbs because, you know, by sheer dint of, you know, history and geographical location, it is relatively easier where we are compared to places further out where cars are catered for. And if you've got any other um, way of getting around, well, it, you find yourself effectively marginalised. <laughs> okay, so I think I've just uh, exhausted myself a bit before my first coffee. I'll come back in a moment and we'll start off the uh, interview I did with Lachlan about Ride to Farm Day. For 10 days in November, Defend and Extend's public housing will be campaigning on the steps of Parliament House to make public housing an election issue. Public housing, everybody's business. Join us anytime from Wednesday the 14th of November, that's midday the 14th of November, to Saturday midnight the 24th of November and put the spotlight on public housing this Victorian state election. Use Victoria's stamp duty revenue approximately $6 billion plus per year for public housing, house one million Victorians by 2029. Public housing, everybody's business. Join us, bring tea, bring coffee, bring cakes, bring food, bring your musical instruments, and most importantly of all, bring yourself and your sleeping bag. On Yarra Basket Music Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR, we're talking to Lachlan Cook from the Collingwood Children's Farm about an upcoming event they've got called Ride to the Farm. Lachlan. Hi, Chris. How's it going? Good. So this this sounds really great. It's coming up on, uh, was it November the 10th? That's right, November the 10th, uh, sort of from the morning to the early afternoon, yeah. Yeah, and so how can people get involved with this and what do they need to do? So we, we'd like people to um, come along to a muster point, which uh, is at the Melbourne Polytechnic in Fairfield, which has um, we're thankful to Melbourne Poly for that. Um, so we want people to come along there. That's our muster point. People will, will get a wristband and the, the, they'll ride for three kilometres along the uh, Mary Creek and, and Yarra River through their past sites fall to the farm. And, uh, yeah, we're going to hold a sausage sizzle and have a few treats there and door prizes for people who... Um, participate in the event. So it's basically trying to show people that like there's another way to travel to the farm, you know, with using different forms of transport. That's right. So the Collingwood Children's Farm shares a uh, car park with the convent there, um, and that's very useful to us. We like having our car park there. It's a good source of revenue for us, but um, it does tend to get full um, fairly, fairly quickly and clog up the local streets. So we'd love to see people getting on their bikes and uh, coming down to the farm. We're really well connected with bike paths around the area. Um, and obviously as an avid cyclist myself, um, 
cycling is just a, a great way to get around and if you bring your kids you're you're showing you're demonstrating to them that um, active and sustainable transport is is a really fun um, and effective way to get around yeah so people can bring along whatever they've got like they can put a basket on the front they can have panniers they can have cargo box that's right yeah. so um, it is on market day so um, there's going to be some beautiful fresh produce there um, at our Melbourne Farmers Market, which we hold once a month. Um, so, yeah, we would love to see people coming and, and um, grabbing some great fresh produce and um, taking that on their bike. Um, and um, Spokes Cycles um, from Abbotsford is going to come along and they're going to demonstrate some cargo bike options for people um, should people be interested in um, getting on board the the cargo bike revolution. It seems to be a revolution. There's a lot of them around these days. So you'd see quite a few down at the farm. Yeah, it's not just carrying stuff, but you know, having kids and dogs and people. Yeah, we, we see we see a few, um, but obviously in future we'd love to see um, a lot more um, to um, just take the pressure off the local streets and the car parks, and obviously pressure off our environment, um, and get kids active and and engaged in. Um, coming to the farm in a more um, enjoyable and healthy way. Yeah, it's interesting because um, we used to go to the farm quite a bit. Uh, uh, this is before the convent was built up, uh, or redeveloped, I should say, and it was much easier to get into that bit of Abbotsford because we used to live you know, just south of there, and kind of like south Abbotsford, uh, we can call it that. It was much easier getting into there by foot or bike than it was by car. And, and invariably, you, you must see some pretty, you know, um, diabolical situations when you get, you know, like a really busy day at the, at the farmer's market of, it's great you're all here, but can you have a think about how you're getting here? That's right. We've got queues down the, down the road with people trying to drive in, and then obviously some people um, just decide to turn around and go home or go to Coles or something like that. So we, we think the Melbourne's farmer's market um, provides a, a really great, option for people um, to purchase their, their groceries um, every week um, from various markets. Um, the food, you know, the food is, uh, you know, more uh, sustainable and, and probably tastier. Um, it's a big, big call, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, the Melbourne Farmers Market's a great initiative and if people buy more, more of their food from, from the local farmers market, I think that'll be, that'll be good for everyone. Um, access to the farm... From the from the south end is is a little bit limited in that yeah. the the bike path uh, doesn't continue along the Yarra. No, past the uh, the brewery there. So we would love to see that bike path um, connected through to Hawthorne one day. That is a very long running campaign. But it's good that you bring it up, so you basically want to see like the Collins Bridge and all that sort of stuff fixed up, and it goes yeah. along down to Flockhart. <laughs> yes, that's that's been going on for almost twenty years, but that'd be fantastic if that could get fixed up. Yeah, so you know, like a family with their kids couldn't. Would, it would be very difficult for a family and their kids to um, young kids to cycle from the south along the bike path to the farm because there's some pretty substantial uh, hills. Uh, there, but if they were to connect up that bike path in the future, that would be great for um, families wanting to access the um, children's farm on their bikes. If people go to, they can either go to the Collingwood Children's Farm website to the What's On page, um, 
by Googling um, Collingwood Children's Farm or go to the Collingwood Children's Farm Facebook page and there are links there to, to how to get to the spot and what you need to do. It's pretty simple. You just need to turn up at the muster point um, with a bike. Um, there is some parking available at the muster point. Obviously, the more people to ride, the better. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, you just need a bike. If you've got a trailer or a, um, some pannier bags or what have you, um, bring them along so you can uh, grab some produce. Um, bring your kids. I uh, love to see a lot of kids on bikes. It's not a long distance. And, um, yeah, just um, come with a, a good attitude and uh, ready to have fun and eat some eat a sausage and um, have a great day. Yeah, so this will be starting at what time on Saturday the 10th of November? The earliest people should turn up is at the muster point is uh, 7.30. Yep. And uh, the latest would be 3 o'clock. Okay, so it's a pretty broad event all day. Yeah. So That's great. Yeah, not everyone, we don't ride in one big group. People can just um, turn up and ride down to the to the farm uh, at their leisure. Um, probably the earlier they get you get there, the better in terms of um, it's less likely you would have run out of sausages. We bought quite a lot, but um, yeah. don't know how many people are going to turn up at this stage. Because that's the thing, though, is... Um You've given this quite a broad time window on a Saturday because, yeah, people are on limited things, yeah, because you try and cram so much into your weekend. So that's really great that you've kind of given this from, like, you know, 7.30 to 3 in the afternoon because people can dip in and dip out as well. That's right, that's right. Also at the farm, we have the farm cafe there, which will be operating on the day, so people can come and um, and grab a coffee or breakfast or whatever they want at the cafe to... It's a, it's a great cafe and they are lending us some support for the event. So if people want to grab breakfast or a, or a coffee or a, or a snack, um, we've got the, the farm cafe there, which is a great place. Yeah, the Collingwood Children's Farm is a great organisation to get involved with. Um, we want as many of our community members to come and get engaged with the farm. We engage with community members on a whole lot of levels, um, from uh, gardening and, and farming and getting involved um, with events at the, at the farm. Yeah, we'd love as many people to come down as possible, bring the kids, get a sausage, pick up the groceries, and have a great day. This year's TILDA, Melbourne Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival, is packed with stories that represent the rich tapestry of trans and gender diverse people's lives. The program runs from Thursday the 8th to Sunday the 11th of November at Footscray Community Arts Centre and celebrates the best trans and gender diverse cinema on offer, along with Q&A sessions with festival guests and opening and closing night events. Program details and tickets are available at tildamelbourne.com. A 3CR supporter. And you're listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. Now, I was just talking there to Lachlan about the Ride to Farm Day in Collingwood. There's also two more events coming up this weekend if you're um, elsewhere. There's the Pedal to Produce Elwood Farmers Market and that's from the uh, Melbourne Bicycle Touring Club and that's also on Saturday. And uh, that's going to be meeting at Federation Square, go via bike paths to Port Melbourne and follow the bike trail to Elwood and that's going to be starting at 10 o'clock on Saturday starting at Fed Square going down to 
Elwood Farmers Market. And there's another one as well uh, as part of Tour de Cecil, which is um, a series of cycling events put on by the City of Port Phillip. Again, Saturday the 10th of November, and that's going to be starting at 10 o'clock. And uh, where do we meet for that? Who said shopping by bike wasn't possible? Find out how it's done with the uh, South Melbourne Market meet at the Port Phillip uh, Inc. I think that uh, is meeting at the Eco Centre. It hasn't quite got the details that I need to know. But um, it's got here the corner of Cecil and Coventry Streets, you know, which is South Melbourne Market. But I'll put a bit more details up for that. But that's also at 10 o'clock on Saturday. So there's three events this weekend coming up for riding to your local farmer's market. Find a better way to get around. Okay, so my next interview is with David Blom. And David's been on the show a couple of times. He's from Melbourne Metro East Bicycle User Group. And we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of upgrades and upcoming news and things that's happening for the southeast. Uh, something that, you know, an area that often gets overlooked for cycling facilities and uh, really the sort of area, given, given the population out there, uh, really should be looked after a lot better. Today on Yarra Bicycle News Group Radio, we catch up with David Blom. David. G'day, Chris. How's it going? Excellent. So how's Metro East Bug going? Yeah, it's been very busy for us of late. There's been a lot going on. Uh, the Box Hill to Ringwood Rail Trail is finally um, coming to fruition. The path's almost complete now between Blackburn and Ringwood. We've got the Ringwood section just being finalised now and the last little bits around uh, Box Hill, Blackburn, Laburnum are being done as we speak. Uh, the Sindel to Heatherdale pipeline, however, um, it's had a bit of a blockage. The pipes there apparently are in such a bad condition that they'll need to be replaced before they can put a concrete path over them. So the Whitehorse Council have decided to use that as an excuse to stop doing any action on that trail. However, Monash Council have decided to actually put down a gravel path in the meantime so in the very short term, it'll be possible to go from the Channel 10 studios in Forest Hill all the way to the city or to Monash University on a brand new link along Forster Road on nothing but bike paths. It's pretty uh, progressive of uh, Monash to kind of think ahead like that, if, you know, instead of just blocking it to go, look, here's, a, here's an interim measure. Yeah, well, it provides a solution and it's something that is low cost and it does show a bit of vision and a bit of good thinking. So they've got some very good people there at the Monash Council. Excellent. And uh, what else have you got happening out there? You got any announcements? Or? Yeah, yeah, we um, had Sean Lean recently announce a bridge over Dandenong Creek along Burwood Highway, which um, will open up the area of Vermont South to the City of Knox's uh, wonderful bicycle network. And uh, we're going to have to use that as an excuse to uh, use the service lanes along Burwood Highway uh, to connect between the pipeline trail and standing on Creek. But effectively, that's a nice new link that will be opened up all because of this wonderful bridge that we're getting put in. And finally, and the main reason why I'm on the show today is to talk about the level crossing removals that have been announced for Mont Albert and Surrey Hills. And this has caused all of us in the Metro East Bicycle User Group and the Burundurra 
bicycle user group to dust off our old documents about the Hawthorne to Box Hill Trail. Yeah, that's been, oh, you know, that, that, that plan's been around for a very long time. Yeah, well, there was a uh, study done on it by uh, a firm back in 1996, I can remember reading. So it has been on the books there for quite a while. However, the opportunity here with these level crossing removals just means that it's something that could be possible and a level crossing removal really does uh, give you a once in a lifetime opportunity to put in some good infrastructure or miss out entirely. So it is going to be quite critical for us to get these ones done in particular. Do you think you've got actually got a good opportunity with this next level crossing thing because of the, well, the missed opportunities that happened for uh, Buckley Street in Essington and also um, Upfield because, you know, they're two level crossing things where a lot could have happened and, and the frying grain detail happened, um, well, it didn't. And we've yeah. had a sub-optimum outcome for, you know, cyclists and walkers. Do you, do you think they, they should be listening this time? Look, the, the current government's probably batting about 50%. You just yeah. have to look at Caulfield, <laughs> Caulfield to Dandenong, uh, along the Sky Rail uh, there, the, the Jering Trail that's just opened up recently. It's a wonderful piece of infrastructure. They got the level crossing removal right at Bayswater um, and quite a few of these other uh, level crossing removals. The one at Blackburn, it's got a wonderful underpass there for the shared path to, to go along. Yeah, it's so, just that, that the jeering thing, though. It's a great concept, but there's still a lot of fine, again, fine grain stuff that's got to be fixed. There's a couple of substations got to be moved out of the middle of the path. Like, yeah, right along, there's this bloody great lump of, you know, um, you have to do a right angle on, on a shared path. And it's just like, um, yeah, okay. Again, they, they kind of, you said they're running at 50%. Yeah, very, very much so. But. It has provided some opportunities and it has freed up some space and it's the best way to actually get across many of these major arterials is if they go underground, you make sure that uh, there is provision there for walkers and cyclists to be able to go underneath. Hi, I'm Mo Louie and you're listening to 3CR 855 AM Radical Radio on digital and streaming live on 3cr.org.au. I'm Tash Sultana and you are listening to 3CR. Please subscribe, do yourselves a massive favour. Thank you very much. got the opportunity with uh, Moorlbark recently being announced by James Molino as well at Manchester Road. And Moorlbark, uh, that sort of area, has this wonderful legacy bike network that dates back from the early 1980s. Yeah, I, I know a little bit about that. So that'd be interesting to, uh, like, you know, to use a, uh, a fashionable word at the moment, reactivate. 
that, yep. that, that area, because that, that again, that's um, extra um, things like people who want to travel around the southeast. There, there's your options. Yeah, well, they've announced an additional 450 car parks for the Moorabark station as part of this level crossing removal. When you look for a fraction of the cost, they could do up their bike network and be able to accommodate far more people who live close to the station just being able to ride their bike there and guarantee themselves the best parking spot uh, for the station. Yeah, likewise, like there was an announcement like last week for Western Suburbs where you know, they've got 1,600 more car parks and it's like it worked out something like $36, $37 per car park and you're looking at the cost-benefit analysis if you just run it past a few other figures. It's like, uh, this doesn't seem very equitable. No, no, it doesn't, but people tend to react or voters who uh, might be uh, swinging would uh, determine their vote on the basis of can I get a car park? And that's the way things ru are run in Melbourne at the moment. But it's, you know, again, we st we're still seeing, uh, well, it's got to change, really, um, in terms of we've got to move to more of the swing to like a, a broader transport um, mix of walking, cycling, public transport. Yeah, very true. And the first thing that you've got to do to turn that tide is actually provide the opportunity in the first place. Yeah, exactly what you were just talking about with the level crossings. Uh, I, again, I think uh, you have a good opportunity there, seeing that uh, hopefully Lexa are listening after getting a real public uh, thrashing over what they did on um, you know treatments they did in other areas. Yeah, very true. And then this opens up the final opportunity for us, which would be to get a path from Ringwood to Croydon. And that would mean, after all of these works along the railway lines, it'd be possible to go Federation Square to Hawthorne, so Swinburne Uni, yep. to Camberwell, to Box Hill, to Ringwood, to Croydon, to Lilydale, to Warburton. Nothing but off-road trail. It sounds almost positively dreamy, doesn't it? It's <laughs> what, what, Would it be, there be any um, scary climbs on that or just a, a gentle rise? Because you're following the railway line, it's a gentle rise all yeah. the way. So it'd be no more than like 8%? Uh, no more than about 3 or 4 Oh, OK. So there you go. And again, uh, we've had in the last couple of weeks that thing again where the V-line things cropped up of, you know, uh, taking out storage and also offer, you know, for bikes on trains and uh, mucking up uh, tourism and travel opportunities for people. This one you've just discussing brings brings in um, people can travel out of the city. Yeah, it, it provides people opportunities to go part the way. It provides people opportunities to go to the activity centres, the universities, uh, the schools, pretty much anything. So the trail can mean different things to different people along the way, depending upon whether you're commuting to the city or you're going to a, a, another different destination. The other thing that this trail will do is it will tie into the main Yarra Trail. It will meet up with the Anniversary Trail. You'll meet up with the Coonung Trail, the East Link Trail. You're starting to develop a network, and it's a network that's separated from traffic. You'll never see a car if you hop onto one of these networks.
And that's what South East uh, Melbourne needs. Is it's, it's a huge area. People go on about Western Sydney somewhere, you know, the heartland of Australia and all the rest of it. South East Melbourne at the moment is booming. Yeah, okay, further out, but the, these connections and connectivity and stuff has got, has got to happen. Yeah, well, this area between Hawthorne and Box Hill, you can pretty much draw yourself up a diamond shape that's about 100 square kilometres, so 10k by 10k uh, in size, and there's one trail that goes through it, the anniversary trail, and it doesn't lead directly to the Melbourne CBD. If you had this trail going through, which is effectively at right angles to it, you'd then be able to capture a whole population of people, not just there who live in that immediate area, but also those who live further out who have to deviate all the way around on either the Coonung Creek Trail or the Gardeners Creek Trail, which are very circuitous routes. Yeah, and we can see a pattern here, or an emerging pattern, of uh, what happens, needs to happen with transport and a bigger focus in Melbourne is decentralisation. Yeah, decentralisation and connectivity. Yep. And I, I think this is the first government that's finally sort of grasping that as far as railway links is concerned with the idea of uh, the City Circle Railway. But this is something that can be done at a fraction of the price in a fraction of the time, and it's the simple thing to do. And it's the first thing that they should focus on doing because it is so simple. Because it's building capacity for what can come afterwards. You've got the you've got the process and the pattern making and the uh, how could I say behaviour modification thing sort of happening. You know, people go, oh, I'll choose to do this, and in eighteen months, five month years time, something else happens, and the pattern's there. Yeah, very true. Mm. Anything in closing, David? No, I think that's pretty much all. Uh, our information can be found on. Uh, mebug.org.au. There's also a new Facebook group that's been created for the Hawthorne to Box Hill Trail. So links will be provided for the show. Yep. Okay, I'll put I'll put all those into the podcast. Thank you for your time today, Dave. Never do that, Freddie. Excellent. We're planning such a good time with you, Freddie. Come to the screening of Bohemian Rhapsody on Thursday, November the 8th from 6.30pm at Palace Westgarth Cinemas and have a real good time with Freddie Mercury and Queen. Tickets are 25 full. $20 concession online at 3cr.org.au or from the station, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. You can also call 9419 8377 during business hours. All funds raised go to keeping 3CR on air. If you want to have a good time, just give me a call. And thank you to David Blom for... Uh, that uh, really in-depth interview about uh, South East Melbourne.
you can ride your bike out there. And uh, the music in that was Silver Night Drive, High in the Saddle. And David requested that for a part of his interview. And also, if you're listening earlier, um, Lachlan uh, Cook from the farm, that was Paul Kelly with The One I Love because Paul recently played the at the farm and, okay, well, I thought it was a nice thing to drop in there. Okay, so that's all I've got time for today, but tomorrow is Melbourne Cup which, you know, if you're into or you're not into, you've got the day off. So tomorrow, out at uh, the Noble Park Velodrome, you remember, go back a couple of months, interviewed uh, Kim Nguyen about uh, the campaign to stop the velodrome being demolished. Tomorrow there's uh, going to be a social ride out there starting at uh, 9am, and it's a nice leisurely ride. A couple of people are going to be doing 100 kilometres, which is 250 laps of the track, and they will head at, uh, start at 8 uh, I've only had one coffee and you can tell, can't you? It will start at 9am and pedal off till they hit the 100. There's going to be, when they kick off tomorrow, there's going to be, the first lap is going to be a lap of honour for Maury, which is for uh, Maurice Kirby, who helped get the Villadrome built in the 1960s alongside the then Noble Park Cycling Club. And also there's a push on at the moment to reform the Noble Park Danlong Cycling Club. And there's a... Uh, fundraising campaign on choft.org. I'll put the links to that in the podcast so you can, you know, again, southeast Melbourne. You know, the, the closest uh, velodrome out there is uh, Helengon. I think it is out to Warrigal for the, the closest velodrome. And, you know, City of Greater Danalong want to demolish this velodrome and give some, um, well, let's just say, What's the term I should use here? The tragedy of the commons. You know, public space starts getting um, eaten into by private concerns. I think that is kind of trying to put it quite tactfully. You know, it's been an open space for years. It's been used by clubs and maintained by the council and uh, the track has not been maintained and now they want to destroy a huge slab of history. Thank you for listening for today. I should have the podcast later up. Uh, on uh, 3cr.org.au and mirrored on yarrabug.org forward slash radio. We're all volunteers, especially us uh, announcers, and you should go to the 3CR website and look for the subscribe or donate option and, you know, contribute, keep us on air. Up next is jailbreak and after that, black block. So... I'm actually going to be back on air next week. We've done a bit of swaparoo with the shows, so I'm going to be two in a row and then Faith and Val will be two in a row as well. So look forward to that. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.